Good evening, Dan. Good evening, Bill. How are you? I'm great. Good mood. Happiness. I'd like an 80 megapixel back with a 12-stop dynamic range. Wouldn't you? It's only $32,000. I could buy that tomorrow. Really? You must have good credit. I guess if I really wanted to, I could get it tomorrow, but... But then you'd need a camera to put it on. Yeah, what does this thing plug into? You know, actually, I downloaded the data sheet, and mm-hmm. it's got to be the most extensive... It, there's, there's cameras on there I never even fucking heard of. I mean, yeah. it's got... I think you can. it's safe to say that whatever you happen to have, it'll it'll fit on there. As long as it'll fit on a, a Hossie 5, then I'm fine. Yeah, most Hasselblad 5s in a large selection, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hasselblad 5 or, or the, the V mount, as it's called now. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, look, I mean, we've talked about medium format digital before. Yep. It's delightful if you have enough light. Yeah. And and if you don't mind with working with a body that works like a digital rebel, (laughs) they're not that bad, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm just talking about autofocus and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The autofocus is somewhat primitive and the controls and overall user interface are, I don't know. They're just not as it, it. It doesn't seem as fast or as responsive. Respond. Yeah, that's a good word. But at the same time, I mean, it's which considered- is funny because in some ways you think that you're buying a race car, but you're really not. No, no, no. I, mean, I was I was just going to say, you know, in, in the world of medium format digital, fast is cons- you know, it, it a fast one can process over about a picture a second one, one image every second. But yeah. dude, do, do you know how big the fucking files are on this? No, thing? I know are? they're enormous. 440 megabytes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in in, in that context, that's kind of neat. I mean, if you can bang out 450 megabytes a second, yeah. Um, you you know, it's got to have some crazy buffer on there, and uh, I th- you know, that's pretty neat. I mean, who knows how many of those it can do in a row? Well, it probably. shouldn't be 450 megabytes like just as a raw file. I think that's the final final. Yeah, tip that's size. like once you open it up. So the raw files are probably well. Let's see, mine come out to be about 20 megs so they're probably 80 megs a piece yeah i think at, we out of the p65 which is i think 60 megapixels they come out at about 60 maybe 50 megs each yeah so yeah, it's probably like well let's round up and guess it's going to be like 80 megs ish and 80 megs a second actually isn't that that crazy no i just I, look it's 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 a very nice camera it's you know well, you're talking about the back now. Well, that's that's the other cool thing, man. I, and I think that's actually kind of a neat, um, a neat thing that's sort of sustained from the transition of film to digital. Yeah. Um, I mean, that actually, that's really cool. Because think of it this way, the man. The idea that you can use any film you want with whatever yeah, camera you want, but here you camera. can use the back with any camera. Right. So in a way, sure. medium format still kind of wins. Because there, you can literally, you could still use your. Let's say you made an investment over the past ten years in a Mamiya system, right? Oh, or an Hasselblad system. You know, yeah. You know, and you've got, you know, you've got five or six really nice lenses. You've got a couple of different prisms, some focusing screens. You spend thirty grand on your right. There. Yeah, you spend, you know, a good twenty grand on 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 all that shit, and you know, obviously your Polaroid back and your 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 speed back or whatever the hell aren't going to do you as much good, but you know. For a couple hundred bucks a day, you can rent a digital back, or if you, you know, if you're lucky and you've got your ducks in a row, you can buy one. Because I mean, even even the the high end ones from a couple years ago aren't that bad. 
you know? Yeah. And you can get those for like under 10 grand these days. I mean, the the real question comes down to who needs this and we've discussed that before. Yeah. It's a very they're specialized. It's true. It's true. I mean, you really those things are, are you know, obviously at home on a tripod in sure. a studio tethered to a computer you know, with some with some light. You, you know, know what's really sad to me, you know, just to go to the other end of the spectrum for a minute is sure. is point and shoots. Is Why that Why is it sad? Well, it's what I, what's sad is that like you know I I'm a member of all these weird photo organizations and a couple of them are a bunch of old people. Uh huh. Like the ones that we uh, like the ones we met the other night, and they're very yeah. nice people, but they're sure. all like you know they're they're up there. Yeah, of course. Have been shooting since you know the days of glass plates. Some of them, you know. Yeah, for um, real. But but what 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 kind of makes me sad is that like a lot of these people who were like big film people have gone to digital but instead of say buying a digital SLR they've gone and gotten themselves a G10 or a LX3 or something sure, like that sure the problem is is that these cameras are confusing to even to me you know like what picking do you mean? them like picking them up and trying to get them to do what you want to do like their interfaces are like you know four levels deep to try to find the right button to change the ISO to go, you know, it's just that they're, it's like, it's, it's sad that these things, the, the simplest cameras are in some ways the hardest to use unless you just want to use them in full auto. You know, do you really, do you really believe that if somebody hands me a Sony little Digitacam that I've never used before? Yeah. It takes me like five minutes to figure out how yeah. to like set no, it to manual. I, it's true. I, I think, I think it, it go, there's an interesting, yeah, uh, I, I'm just thinking, when you say point and shoot, the first thing that comes to my brain uh, is Canon. Uh, yeah. I think Canon is probably the biggest player, or, or the most successful player in the uh, in the point and shoot market. Um, yeah, well, I just and, saw I mean, that there's a new S95 or something yeah, like that. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so I played with one, like the S90, the other day. Yeah. Yeah, Some yeah. woman I was sitting next to had one, and she's like, oh, she shoots assignments with it. Dude, it's a great looking camera. It is a cool little camera, but like I just played, I was just like uh, trying to turn off the flash or something. You know what I mean? And it was dude, like well, dude, now. Here's the thing. I, I gotta, I gotta take argument with that man because one of the things I gotta give Canon credit for. Oh, okay. Turning the flash off, you just press the little flash. Button. Dude, their their user interface hasn't changed much in like fucking. No, 10 it hasn't years. changed at all. But that's so that's you, a good you know, thing. You know, once you learn their little icons, you know, flower for macro, mountains for tele, you know, telephoto, yeah, the lightning yeah. bolt for the flash, and. You know, I mean, and they're all right there on like a little D-pad on the back. I know, just um, somehow I feel quick. like they're, they're, I mean, yeah, but if you handed this to, yeah, but we're nerds, you know, no, I we know, use but, computers all day long, No, but no, the, I, these I can, cameras but are generally used by people who don't, you I, know. Here, case in point, yeah. one of my associates at work was, was, uh, was about to take a, a big trip, um, big three week vacation with her mother. Yeah. And she asked me to help her buy some point and shoot cameras, one for her and one for her mom. So we, we sat and talked about it and she, she had done some research on her own and she said, well, people have recommended this, this, and this. And, and she was basically looking at the S90. Okay. And then the S90 is sort of consumerish, you know, little, you know, the pastel colored little brother. I think it was like the SD 980 or 960 or whatever. Sure. Um, and I'm like, those look fine. Those look fine. And when you get them, I will sit down with you and we'll go over them. You know, and this is me not ever having seen or touched them, but yep. you know, having confidence in in, in having owned a, a couple of Canon point and shoots in my past, um, that I would be able to do it. So the time comes and we do that, and sh- sure enough, dude, she you know she really has no clue about any of this stuff. So I showed her the the you know the two or three most important things. Sure. Um, as this far is as how you th- turn off the flash. 
Yeah, exactly. You turn off the flash, and then she actually, she, I don't know why. I guess because you know she works at the same company I do and knows what a raw file is. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but one of the neat features of the S ninety is that, it, uh, is that it, it actually has raw functionality built in. Now, uh, we'll t- make an aside here really quickly, and uh, I want to mention that I'm also a pretty big fan of the CHDK, which is the the hacked um, firmware that you can get for a lot of Canon point and shoots. It's a, they're, you know, they're, they're always a little uh, behind the curve. I think the most modern one you can get it for is the G nine. Okay. Uh, on the higher end. Um, but if you have an old, like the a, G11 you know, apparently apparently is in beta. Oh, you, you just visited CH. And as is the S 90. Really? Wow. Yeah. Which is cool. So what, what this, one of the, the, re, the main reason I picked up the CHDK or got involved with it was for time-lapse stuff. Okay. Uh, because they have some – well, what it is let's, – let me back up a second here and we'll take an aside uh, and just talk about this for a second. It's really cool. Uh, so CHDK is essentially this open source project that some nerds got together and figured out. They're like, wait a second. The di- you know, the, all digital cameras capture raw images and they just basically – the little ones basically process the raw file into a JPEG and then toss that raw data out because there's no room or it's too much of a hassle. Sure. So we, we want to be able to shoot – the raw data and bring it onto our computer and have that much more control over our images. And so that was the initial, I think the initial impetus behind the project. And then, and then they started thinking about, well, wait a second, you're saying that, you know, these two cameras, which have virtually the same exact characteristics as far as their, their guts, you know, the circuit boards and the, and the optics and the sensor and everything. You're saying the only difference between these two cameras uh, are, is, is a couple of menus is a couple of buttons. Sure. Um, Cause in real, in reality, you know, it's just software. Exactly. So these guys basically, um, set upon the task of, of writing um, an overlay, if you will, like a like a hack, hacked on version, uh, so, uh, you know, alternate firmware. And uh, I think they've been doing it for a couple of years now. And one of the really cool um, sort of side aspects of of this software is the ability to add user programmable scripts. So it actually uses, I think it uses some crude form of basic. I can't remember what it is. Uh, see, exposure bracketing, focus bracketing. Right. So what happens is you, uh, as a user or as a developer or as, you know, as a nerd, you can actually write up your own little routine. Like let's say you want to do a bracketing thing. Like let's say I want to do a, 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 a crazy nine-stop bracket, which, you know, no point, most point-and-shoots don't even offer bracketing, let alone, yeah. you know, two stops or nine stops or whatever. There's that. And then there's one that they even, some dude wrote a motion detector, uh, motion detection yeah, one. It says fast like enough cap- to capture lightning. Right. Uh, which is cool. But the one that really drew me in, um, which I knew was in software, that was, man, that's one of the things that really burned me. Uh, Cause I, when I got my, my Nikon D70 and I was looking at as, as Nikon's DSLR line, Evolved, you know, the D70 was replaced by the D70s, and then the D80, and then the D200, and all these cameras. One of the things that I noticed that the the D200 and the D300, you know, like like the mid pro, you know, whatever or whatever the prosumer version cameras um, had that the 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 single, you know, the 70 and the 90 and the 80, those guys didn't have was the option for an intervalometer, okay. um, which which is just software. It's just programming and it has sure. nothing to do with the hardware and it just really pissed me off it's like what the fuck guys why can't you put this really useful feature on these other cameras um and so i don't know it just really pissed me off so um 
I was really excited when I found out that, you know, someone essentially solved that problem on a point and shoot level and, you know, good luck finding a point and shoot with a decent, you know, time-lapse intervalometer, let alone one that you can, you know, having one, let alone one that you can actually tweak and adjust. Like, like my old little Nikon Coolpix whatever had a, a, a movie mode and a special time-lapse mode, but it would make these absurd little 640 by 480 QuickTime files, which were, comp- like, it would actually make the movie in the camera. So it's like, great, you don't have, you know, it, you don't have any control over the frame and it was just super frustrating. Um, so when I found out about this, uh, the software, I'm like, I was compelled to, to give it a shot. So I had an old, I still have it. It's not in the great, greatest shape, but it, man, it really took a beating. Uh, it's an old Canon SD630. I want to say it's from 2006-ish. Okay. Five, five maybe six megapixels. Yeah. Um, well, but, we'll get uh, into that side of things too with the point and shoots. Yeah, so 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 I downloaded the firmware, and I, I mean, it took me a good couple of hours to monkey with it because there's different versions of the firmware, yeah. and then you have to you have to like turns out on the Mac um, as a security feature, Macintoshes have this interesting little thing that they do when you download um, a zip file um, and and you decompress it. It, it, in order for it to, you know, whenever you download something, it gives you this little, it, it basically attaches a little flag to it um, to give you that warning that, hey, you downloaded this just so you know. Yeah. Um, do, you want, do you want to visit the web page that you got it from to make sure that it's legit? Uh, which is cool, but in doing that, it can actually have an, a negative effect uh, as far as the permissions are concerned on, a cer- on certain files. So I had to, you know, figure out a way to decompress it without using the finder and then getting it whatever long story short it all worked out and i you know downloaded the the intervalometer script and i installed it and it was awesome you know i could program down to you know once you know down to the tenth of a second or whatever milliseconds uh tell it how many frames i wanted all all that shit and within within uh, you know a a day or two i was i was making great looking little time-lapse movies and that that became my thing i mean i must have shot a time-lapse a day for fucking two three months um, just because it was so easy and fun, I could just like literally show up to work and stick the camera in the window, start start up the timer, and and off I went. I, so, look, um, I I think that they're cool. I just uh, that kind of stuff is cool. The problem is, yeah, that the sensors in these little things are so tiny that you know they're, 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 it blows out the highlights like in a second. They're noisy. They're way too many megapixels for what people... Like, they should never have gone above five or six megapixels for these little cameras. Yeah, well, you have to give them credit, though. They they finally capped it at, like, 10 or 10, Well, 11. yeah, Canon turned around and made the G10, or the G11 less than the G10, right? Right, and then the, and the, 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 G10, the G11 and the S90 share the same sensor. Yeah. And which is kind of neat. And now the G12 is out. What does the G12 add? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see it. You know, I, all, all I know is that look, I I took a G12 last year. Heather and I went out to, um, where did we go? Uh, yeah, to Utah. Utah. Uh, to Zion and Bryce and those things. And sure. I brought my big camera with just like one 24 to 105 L zoom lens uh, uh-huh. that I borrowed, and I also borrowed a G10 from Meg, and, and uh-huh. took it out there. And the pictures that I have from there, I regret bringing that camera. You know, the little one. The little one. Yeah. Well, that's because you're spoiled. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, like I the, the pictures you, I, I took you. are just like, eh. No, dude. I guarantee you, if you were to show those pictures, I had to use them in a very special. I had to shoot in a very special way for them to look like anything. 
I mean, and by that I mean like you know, if 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 I if I was worried about blowing out the sky, I had to pull it way down so that it basically made things that were dark black. You know what I mean? Like, were you, were you shooting raw? Uh, I didn't shoot raw. I shot JPEG, but I lowered the contrast and everything and tried to get as much out of it. Well, the whole point of me carrying this camera was that I wanted to be able to just shoot it like I would be carrying a Leica around. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want to have to post-process everything. Um, I mean, I hear that. I hear that. Which is like um, – which because when I'm traveling, I'm not shooting – you know, I just – all I know is that like for the size of the camera – like for that size camera, you could get like the little pen thing, like Claude has, you know. Yeah, actually, for a camera not that much bigger, yeah. which is you know, two levels higher, in order of magnitude, better. Yeah. Sensor, you know. No, totally. Um, and I just, it just, it, I don't know. Just for future reference, I was, I, I am disappointed by the, the, the image quality, of these, of the little cameras. I don't know. That's all. No, no. I, I mean, when you compare it against, uh, I mean, there's no comparison, dude. You put a large sensor yeah. behind a large piece of glass, it's going to look better than a little sensor. But it's and amazing a little piece of glass. to me the amount of people who claim to be good photographers or like you know, like these older people who've used it for years who were like, "Oh, this is great," and I'm like, "You think that you used to use a Hasselblad, and you think this is good enough?" You know what I mean? Like it just it amazes me. Yeah, that people think that that's. It is a little sad. It's either that or they think that it looks like crap and they're like, see, digital looks like crap. And it's like, well, you're using a $400 camera. Yeah, you're doing it wrong. I yeah. mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm a, still a pretty staunch advocate of the fact that, you know, of the of the stance that you can you can make a good picture with just about any camera. You just got to know how the to li- use that camera. You sure. got to know the limitations of the There are limitations of, the of and, all these things. Yeah, and you got to know the right way to do it, you know? Yeah. No, it's um, look. It's not that bad picture. Good pictures can't be taken by these cameras. It's just that if you're taking a certain kind of picture and you're course. expecting X, you, you know, there, there's limitations to the performance. No, you're you're, dri- you're driving a Honda. You're not driving, you know, a Rolls Royce. Yeah, no, I get you. Yeah, um, you know, I still, I still, man. One of my favorite recollections. Just, just kind of thinking back, um, my re-entry into the the world of photography. Um, after, because you know, I, as I might have mentioned in the past, um, I was big into photography in high school. Uh, put together a photo portfolio, and that I think was partially responsible for me getting into art school. And then once I got to art school, I got totally wrapped up in what what they called art and technology, and video and multimedia and that sort of thing. And uh, silly I, fool. Well, whatever, dude. It was it was fun. It was I'm cool, and it was it was instant gratification. You know, sure. and I'm like, wait a minute. You're saying I got to fucking pay for film, shoot the film, then process the film, then develop the film. I mean, I'm sorry, then print it. And it's like, and that all the, all of those things take time and money. Whereas with this video camera, I can just push this button, and then ten minutes later, I can have it on the computer. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. you know. To me, it was like there was no contest, uh, and I just sort of left my cameras. Uh, to rot so to speak um but sure enough you know years passed by and right around uh 2000 ish um i started paying attention actually you know i'll tell you can tell you the exact story i remember pretty vividly my friend eric he was a client uh he worked at a client of mine when i was doing the it thing uh he's one of the very few people who basically uh took everything that i showed him 
so far that I didn't need to, he, he, he didn't need me anymore. Sure. It was really cool. Um, and I, I was, I was really psyched about that because usually what happens is my, my, as an IT guy, my philosophy was, was that I was basically uh, an open book and I will happily explain and teach to you anything you want to know. Um, and you know, some of the windows guys and some of the other dudes who, you know, were in the business looked at me funny, like, dude, you're going to talk yourself out of job. You know, you know, if you, if you show everyone, show everyone how to do all your stuff, then they're never going to call you again. I'm like, no, dude, that's not how it works. And for the most part, I was right. You know, people just realized the value that I, you know, that I, I had as a teacher and as someone who knew the right way to do things. And they would just keep calling me back with different stuff and it tended to work out. But uh, in some cases, there were people who just basically figured out how I did what I did and <laughs> didn't need me to do it for them anymore. Sure. And this, this is one of those guys. Uh, and we're still in touch. He's a, he's a terrific guy, one, really great designer. Um, and uh, he, at the time, the, the company was a, uh, a direct marketing firm um, that made uh, credit card applications and advertisements and junk mail, basically. Um, and you know, while that particular aspect of the work wasn't terribly thrilling, uh, what was really interesting is that he was able to talk his boss into letting him buy, uh, some decent photo gear. So he started out with a, with an old school Nikon cool picks, you know, one of the little split rotating, you know, half and half type point and shoots, like a three megapixel camera. And I'm like, dude, that thing is a piece of garbage. I mean, the lens was like a little 39 millimeter diameter lens. It was nothing. Um, but he also had a pair of those Calumet travel lights which are like what a 300 watt second nothing, nothing major yeah uh and you know and a, and a set of pocket wizards and some umbrellas and since he he actually knew how to light he would set up these awesome little still lifes with real you know with these with these credit cards just in the corner of his office and even with the little crappy nikon three megapixel camera because he lit the shit right it looked great yes. and I'm like whoa that came out of a digital camera he's like yeah dude just gotta light it right and i'm like holy cow and it totally opened my eyes to the fact that digital could really look good, even through even from a little dinky camera. Yes, um, and that still holds true today. And the, I mean, the, the, I, look, if 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 the light is right, digital is great. If yeah. the light's not right, yeah, film film holds on to both ends better. No, I, I totally it's just you know that. what it is. It's just like digital and analog recording. What happened to your audio, dude? Did it get all crunchy? It it got really crunchy. Really? Did you unplug your microphone? No. Huh. Maybe I'm, it's just Skype freaking out. You don't hear my mic that I'm talking on. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 right. It's like no, no. I think we're fine. I mean, I can still hear you just fine. Okay. You just—it sounds like you just went from 16-bit to 4-bit, though. I mean, it's oh. like really crunchy. Um, it's weird. Whatever. It's um, fine. Anyway, so what I was going to say. Wait, hold on a second. The, the 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 cool thing is, you know that that digital you run out of zero, you run out of numbers, and it just becomes one. You know. Where on analog recording, you know, you push a tape hard, and it's going to push back, and that's yeah. what and that's what film does, which is why it can do certain things better than digital can, or at least until they make these digital cameras a lot wider than they are now, as opposed to as far as dynamic range goes. Totally, totally. No, oh, that's, that's a good all. analogy. No, you're right. Um, so, so once once I was sort of hipped to the fact that digital cameras could make good looking files, I started paying attention, and I did some research, and I decided that. The the ca- the camera for me was the Nikon Coolpix 5000, which was a five megapixel camera um, with a pretty decent looking lens on it. And and I, I I did know that you know that was that was essentially we'll say that that was the equivalent of what uh, a G9 or G, you know the five hundred dollar camera basically you know the 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 high end point and shoot. Yep. Um, had a what uh, what what wound up becoming a really 
um, important feature to me, which is uh, an articulated uh, LCD. Uh, and by articulated, I mean it was on a little swivel, tilty thingy that you can, you know, like like a like a video camera, like a modern day camcorder. Do you like with that? A little, well, I do in that in that context because what here's what happened. Uh, so it turns out that because I'd taken such a such a long break from photography, I kind of forgot what it was like to compose shots, um, y- you know, in the camera. So, you know, because, you know, most people now, now when you think composing a shot in the camera, you, you grab the camera, you put it up to your eye and, and you're looking at it from wherever your head happens to be positioned. And, you, you know, obviously you can bend over or squat or lean over or whatever, stand on a ladder, but you're still kind of limited to, to the, to the spots that you can put the camera. If you put the, if you put the camera at the end of your, at the end of your arm in your hand, you can put the camera pretty much anywhere. I and gotcha. the, but the, you know, so I, I hadn't really fully experienced or explored that. And I discovered that I, I was getting a lot more fun, a lot more satisfaction, having way more create, you know, creative success um, by just monkeying around with, with camera positioning. And on top of that, the other thing that I, I didn't know this, didn't realize it at the time, but now it's, it, it makes tons of sense, is those little cameras uh, are really good at super up-close macro stuff, um, especially if there's a reasonably good um, lens on the thing. Yep. Uh, like I could literally hold the camera you know, put it right on the table and focus on stuff like five centimeters, not even like, you know, sometimes less than three centimeters away from the front of the lens. Yeah. And now, don't, don't get me wrong. That was, it was a really super shallow depth of field, but that, that in itself created a really cool effect. You have this nice little tack sharp dot in the center of the, in the center of the lens. And then you have this really nice fall off all around it. And that kind of opened my eyes to some really interesting, uh, experiments. And, and I have some of that shit online somewhere, but it was real. I, I just I look at that look like I like I was saying. I look back at that time really fondly because it was a really fun, uh, you know, way to kind of get back into feeling like a photographer, seeing things and experimenting, uh, and just just having fun with it. Um, and you know, granted, it it wasn't. I, I mean, I still think that having a, a little point and shoot camera with a with a pop out screen like that um, has its place, mm-hmm. um, and it's a really useful tool, especially you know, in in like another cool thing I figured out that I I could do. Um, was I, I could stick the camera on the end of a monopod and then I could basically tilt the little viewfinder down and I could stick the thing all the way up as high as I could hold it in my hand and get, you know, get a really cool bird's eye vantage point. And, and the, most of these things have pretty nice little wide lenses on them, you know, equivalent to a 24 millimeter, sometimes as wide as a 20. Uh, so I would go out to like, you know, concerts, friends, bands and stuff and, you know, situate myself on the corner of the stage hoist the thing up at the end of my arm and then either use a cable release or just the self timer. It's like fishing, you know, you sit the self timer sure. for 10 seconds, you hold it up in place, you try to get your shot, you wait, you hold your breath, tick, and then you bring it down and then you see what you caught. Yeah. Um, and that was tons of fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, like, you know, th- this goes back to what we were talking about before where I think using the right tool for the right job or knowing, knowing the, knowing the limitations of the tool at hand, um, you can really make some great looking stuff. If you, uh, if you take the time to, to figure out, how to, how to use it. Well, do you carry one with you? A lot of people no. carry a little camera with them. I, you know, I used to be that guy. Um, but I got to say, man, uh, I've been sort of spoiled by the iPhone. Yeah, the new and one has a nice camera. It, well, yeah, even the old one had a pretty nice camera. I mean, they were nice enough to make it so that's like... I, I mean, wh- granted, my, my walk-around, you know, photographic eye has changed. It's, I guess it's evolved and that makes sense. You know, I, I see things a little differently than I used to before. There are, don't get me wrong. There are times where I wish I had a proper, 
you know, I wish I had a point and shoot on me. My friend Pat actually makes fun of me. He's like, dude, you have a camera in your bag. Why are you using your phone? I'm like, dude, because it's because this it's right here in my hand. I don't have to do anything. I just have to push a button and then another button and then I'm done. You know, I don't have to take anything out. And I personally uh, really enjoy the the um, uh, the unobtrusiveness. The the I guess you could even say that's the stealth factor. You know, the fact that since so many people are always walking around with cell phones in their hands, yeah, you're not you're not obviously broadcasting that I am taking a picture. Yeah, it's funny. I you know I never I used to buy every once in a while I would I would get this thing where like oh I should carry a camera around for when I see things or. When I find a location that whatever and yeah, you're I, a photographer, right? Where's yeah, your camera? Yeah, exactly. Hey, dude. And I go and I buy like a little power shot for 250 bucks. Sure. And inevitably, like invariably, I get bored of it and I don't carry it anymore. You know, and I give it to my mother or something. Um, <laughs> it's happened sure. like three times. Nice. Um, I just it, I just don't sh- I don't think that way. You know, I don't shoot that way. Um, yeah, well, it's. I mean, what you're saying to me, it, it kind of goes back to what you said about ten minutes ago when you, you know, talking about the camera that you took into the desert. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't really, you haven't found a, a, a use for yourself for that tool. You know, it's like it's yeah. like going going to Home Depot and it's like, oh yeah, man, you need you need to get one of these drills. Yeah. This drill is great. And it's like, oh wow, that is a great drill. I'm going to take that home. And then you're like, what the fuck, dude? I I don't need to drill the holes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I'm not. I mean, this is a great drill. Don't get me wrong. But it doesn't really solve a problem that I have. Yeah, I know. It's, it, but it's it's funny. It's like you you'd think that I would want to use a little camera more, but I, I get so frustrated by the image quality. Look, I get frustrated by fifteen hundred dollar Canon zoom lenses on my body. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So so I'm a little bit odd, you know. But I also like printing my stuff big. So it's true. Um, it, it, like to me, get, taking the picture with the ten megapixel point and shoot, where it's grainy and noisy and 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 purple fringes and you know all the and blown out highlights, I'd rather not have the shot than have that. You know? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, you're like all purist and shit. Yeah, I, it's like if I'm gonna do it, I want it to look really good. You know. No, I, I it's can like, totally it's like it's, that. I mean, it's the same thing when I used to do a lot of recording stuff. It's like I, I had friends who were like all like, I don't care, like lo-fi, this, that, and the other thing, you know, like 8-bit, whatever. And I'm like, man, Just no. record it. No, it's like if you're going to do it, get something that you could listen to on the highest quality stereo and you'd get more out of it, you know? No, I, I totally get it. And, and just to play devil's advocate, um, n- not that I disagree with you, um, but what the argument – uh, the obvious argument to that is, well, what if what if this is something that that is historic has some sort of historic relevance or is momentous enough to to warrant documentation? Yes. So you're, you're like, let's say you are. Uh, we'll, we'll choose choose any event. Like, let's say you're witnessing um, some traumatic event. You know, like an earthquake or, yep. or or you know somebody somebody just got hit by a car and you, yes. you know okay. Th- or, well, that's you know, that's a little bit different. No, well, not really. Okay, I well mean, then I pull out the five megapixel camera on my droid and, you, and take a picture. You shoot with what you got, right? yeah, exactly. No, absolutely. But or like, if, you know, if if something, there are people who would, it doesn't matter to them, you know, or or the little point and shoot really is good enough. I'm just not that guy, you know. No, and like you yeah. said, they're great if all you're doing is putting them online, right? Unless the scene is really contrasting, in which case they're no good anytime, right? You know, like, it's just like, you just throw your hands up. It's like, do you want to see the sky or do you want to see the rocks beneath the sky? Because well, you can't you take, have both. Well, then you take two <laughs> shots and you composite them, dude. Okay, well, 
you know, at that point, like, I might as well bring a real camera. You know. No, not necessarily. I mean, I've done my share of bracketing. The other thing I loved doing with my point and shoot, which worked out really well for me, were panos. Um, I would I would love finding a really cool spot to stand, like uh, one of my favorite shots. Um, I think it's I think it's on my website even, or was for a while. Um, is you know it was a wintertime situation, and I walked to the end of my train platform, and I just basically scrubbed across the entire scene. You know, I went from yeah. the upper left hand corner to the lower right hand corner. Maybe I made it like. Uh, whatever, nine shots across by five shots up and down. And, you know, Photoshop took its sweet time stitching it all together, but it made this really cool giant image. Um, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, that that's actually one of my favorite ways of overcoming the limitations of a point and shoot. It's like, sure, it's only five megapixels, but dude, what if you shoot five by five, a five by five grid? Sure. You know, then it's huge. Yes, but the pixels themselves are still... No, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I don't know. Saying. I just like I open. I'm like looking at pictures from one of my trips right now, and I like I you know open it up and zoom in to 100 percent, and I'm like, ugh. It Here's, looks digital. It looks like you know what the thing is is that these don't look that much different to me than a comp. Like the compacts in the last five years have not really gotten any better. Here's here's what I'm curious about. What if you were able to get your hands on the raw file? I wonder if. If the in-camera compression routine, or I should say how, I wonder how much the in-camera compression has to do with how crappy the final JPEG file looks. Maybe. I think it's just, I think it's just, well, look, you know, uh, cropped sensor digital SLRs don't look good, as good pixel for pixel as full frame, you know. So make the thing not just 20, 30% smaller, but like 80% smaller. You just, it's just, it's a limitation of the amount of light that's hitting the thing, you know? I mean, it's physics. So, no, I, 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 I don't know. It's just, anyway, it's just interesting that they keep coming out with all these new cameras, and they're not really, they never really add that many new features. It's like they just keep putting out new cam- new cameras because they have to, you know? Oh, it's a new year. Let's update the G to G12. Well, it's like, well, yeah. what does it do that the G11 didn't do, you know? That's true. Um I don't know. Just I'm, I'm being curmudgeonly, but you know what it is? Is that like I, I'm I'm sick of gear. You know, I'm sick of people saying, "Oh, I need to get this new camera, or else I can't take pictures." And it's like, well, your camera from a year ago isn't any less cool than the one that came out. You know, it's true. Just like you know, I mean, look, your your uh, D3 is how old? Uh, it's probably coming. It's two at least two years old now, right? Yeah. You know, and 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 my five D two is over two years old now. Yeah, and actually, it's this, exactly two years old. I think. Yeah, and they take fucking great shots. Yeah, still, there's man. still nothing that there's you know nothing but the three DS or whatever the hell it is uh, X that that beats it. You know. No, it's it's. And, tr- and I mean, even dude, even the five D. I I worked with a photographer. I like who, the old five D. Dude, yeah, he his main rig is a five D with a twenty four to seventy two eight on it. I don't think the lens is ever left the body i mean he just he just le- yeah. th- that's it that's his rig yeah and he li- he knows how to light and this shit looks great yeah yeah it's just i mean look the 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 uh white house official photographer shot obama's like press pick the one that you know is like the official yeah. picture yeah 5d mark ii you know? yeah no and it's, it's like true. it's interesting it really is it's a dude. It's a great camera. I mean, I I will make no arguments against it. It's funny though. If I pick up the old five D because I still have my old five D. Yeah. If I when I pick it up, it's like oh, old friend. 
Yeah. It's like, like oh, said, it's so simple. <laughs> well, whatever, dude. They're all, I mean, they, they all suffer from the same problem, in my opinion, which is Canon's kooky user interface. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't we do but, a whole uh, episode about that? We, we did. We did. I'm just, I, I just, I was playing with it again today. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. How do I, I mean, that's, and that's another thing that really just, I, I don't get it, man. So the 5D Mark II, just even compared to the 1DS. Yep. Like, there's some things that are like in a menu. It's like I think like what like I you can't do ISO from the like there's no dedicated ISO button. Sure right? there is. Is there? All right, then maybe it's white balance. There's, there's there some, isn't there isn't on the old 5D there wasn't. Oh well, okay. I'm, I'm just it was just something it was. that really took me by surprise. I'm like, wait a minute, I have to find a fucking menu to do this. It was really surprising. Yeah, there was one. I think it's is it is it white balance on the old one or something? No, there's 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 one of the things yeah that you don't change usually on the old one. It's just, um, it, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Yeah, it's funny. It's, you know, again, it's all what you're used to. No, of course. You know? Of course. Uh, you know what they still haven't quite gotten right, even though they say they have, is auto ISO. Yeah, I, I don't even understand the way it what should. The f- who the fuck needs that? The only, the only reason I think you'd ever need it is um, there's this one dude whose blog I've, I've been following for years now. He's a sports guy. I, can't, I think his name is like Mark Rebellious or something like that. Okay. Um, and, uh, he's a Nikon shooter, former, I think he was in the Navy for a bunch of years and then he just got into sports photography and he's, you know, he's really good. He comes up with some really great ideas. And, um, I think the, 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 the shot that drew me into his blog in the first place, someone reposted this really insane shot. Um, he mounted a camera onto the handlebars of one of those insane, uh, what's it called? Um, motocross you know like the you know the the the, yeah. the dirt basically dirt motorcycles that do the insane jumps like yep. over giant can and you know there's some crazy dude doing like some 360 flip or whatever and you know i guess he's had he has enough cameras that he can essentially afford to sacrifice i think he put like an old like a d200 or something sure. like that but he basically super clamps the camera onto the onto the bike with a you know with a wide lens and slaps a pocket wizard on there for remote control and goes to town, and he, and when it works, it works, man. He gets these insane shots. Of course. Um, so, so something I noted. What's what's really cool is that each blog post he makes, he 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 he'll he'll basically show you all of his all of his selects. Yeah. So, so you know he'll go to a game or a, or a race or whatever, and if he writes about it, you're going to see a good thirty forty shots. Um, and what's nice is whatever software he's using or however he's deciding to post these things, um, he includes the, the exposure data underneath each picture. Okay. And so something I've noticed, you know, after a year or so of watching, uh, is that I know he's using this. There's this mode that you can use in uh, on the Nikon. I'm sure Canon has it somewhere where you can specify. Well, I think it's when you shoot in shutter priority mode. Yep. And I never know, you know, it's like, who the fuck shoots in shutter priority? Sports I'll guys. tell you who the fuck. Sports guys. Exactly. Yep. It's like, look, I can't afford for this to be slower than a thousandth of a second. Yeah. And so it's like, all right, well, you're in shutter priority, and you, obviously you need to have control over your aperture as well. Or, so, or in manual, actually, it works well, too. Yeah, I guess. So, so there's a setting that you can basically tell the camera... To, to auto to choose the the, the ISO, sure. you know, on the fly, based on based on the shot and based on the exposure, so you can you can choose your shutter Range. speed and your aperture, yeah. and then it'll it'll just match the ISO, yep. Uh, which I think is kind of neat. No, it is neat. I just it's 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 that it doesn't. I wish I could trust it. You know, and, he, but, he, I guess I guess it's just a question of practicing. Because man, some of the shots well, you know he what got, you can do, and no, then no, these no. weird ISOs like you know like like thirty three hundred. You know, or, it's, it's or better. It's better on the Nikon because um, 
on the Nikon, I think you can actually say, you know, you can, you can, you can say, go don't, between don't go 400 or 1600 yeah, exactly. and that kind of stuff. And you can yeah. actually say like what the minimum shutter speed needs to be before it bumps up to the next one. I think, yeah, I think you're right. There Which you a, can't do any of that on the Canon. Um, yeah. So it, it becomes less useful. But it's nice if you're in a situation where you can't screw up. So it's like, you know what? Like, I might choose the wrong ISO because I'm jumping between inside and outside or something like that. You know what? Just let the camera do it. Right. Um, well, because in the old days, you know, you'd. F- it's funny because in the early picture uh, film cameras, in film cameras, you know, you always had to pick your your film speed, and the first digital cameras sort of sat that way too. And later, as time went on, people thought, "Wait a minute, ISO speed—the sensitivity of the sensor—is a third, a third range. You know, yeah, it's, is a it's third all, control that you have that we didn't have before, or at least right. wasn't changeable on the fly before. So right. it, they're they're now making them these cameras so that you can, you know. It's ju- it's equal to the shutter speed or the aperture, yeah. Which is kind of cool, especially with really with cool. this camera, or my camera, or your camera, where they could shoot at sixty four hundred fine. Yeah, you know, why not let it control that? You know, totally. Just sometimes it, on the Canon, it it doesn't flip up to the next one until it's a little too slow for my liking. Mm. You know, like I, it won't switch until it's like I, if I have like a twenty eight on there. It doesn't mm-hmm. switch until you're down to like a thirtieth of a second, mm. you know. And, it's oh, and, like, you, and you, you have, you're saying you have literally no control of that. Yeah, they, they, they never. I don't think but that no, do. wait, but wait a second now. That's that's you speaking as a five D Mark II user. Yes. Now, is it, it's it's reasonable to assume that that feature might actually exist on the the one D, right? Uh, no. Well, the one, the new one D, the one D four. Yeah, it could. I don't know. I mean, just I'm, I mean, I can tell you right now that that feature on, on the Nikon side, I'm pretty sure that's a D3. You know, like they're only their pro. I, maybe the D700 has it, but I'm pretty sure that's a you know top end camera only feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Good question. It's nah. uh, but it, I'm just surprised that it's like, you know, you've you've started it, so why not give people real control? You know. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, I mean, all this stuff that, is it's software. So what is the That's the, the thing, man. I was just going to say this this all kind of harkens back to that shit we were talking about about CHDK. I just it drives sometimes it really drives me up the wall. I wish there was a way. It's like especially it's like one thing like dude, you take let's let's just take, you know, all, like Nikon's or Canon's total range of cameras, right? Yep. It's it's reasonable to assume that whoever is designing and programming these cameras are using the same basic tools. You know, it's like it's not like, you know, one of them is written in Japanese and one of them is written in Chinese or, you know, one of them is made in, in Korea and the other one's made in Mexico or whatever. It's like, no, this shit's all pretty much, it's probably designed by the same dudes, you know, the same team under the same roof, under the same chain of command or whatever. Um, so it's not like they're, they're, you know, they're completely disparate from one another. So, so that all said, why can't they make it as an option? It's like, wouldn't it be cool? It's like, look, I, I get it. This is a consumer grade camera. The default is consumer grade stuff. Sure. But let's say you're a professional. Let's say you're someone or even a hacker or a developer or something. You know, let's say you, you have the wherewithal to, to take it upon yourself to, 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 to monkey with your, with your camera a little bit. You should have that as an option. Wouldn't it be great if you could basically download, like, the OS from, you know, the 5 you The know, problem is, is that the hardware on a lot of these cameras, the software is the only differentiating factor. I mean, all of, all of these, can, like you said, all these Canon point-and-shoots, they're all pretty much the same damn thing. 
Yeah. You know, so they have to differentiate it with software, you know, and that's what they do. Yeah. No, it's, I know. Uh, but it is sucky. Well, you know, it is. It's the same thing when people started doing those weird router firmwares for the Linksys, you know. Yeah, sure. Um, it's just, you know, you know, I was just flipping through my camera. One thing that I never quite understood mm. is white balance bracketing. Oh, yeah. Why would you ever white balance? Just shoot raw. Because you're not shooting raw. <laughs> That's right. Like, what, why would you ever do that? My you know? D70 had that. I thought that was the coolest fucking thing when I had that, man. But I don't understand. Like, it, you're shooting something that what, that the color matters that much. Shoot it in raw. Just do, shoot it, do it, it on raw. the computer. Do it later. Yeah. Like, it just seems really odd to me yeah. that, no, like, that's true. even a, a thing. You know, there's, like, this whole interface to change the way, you know, white balance bracketing works on the camera. And you're like, why would anyone need this? Yeah. It's very, very odd to me. No, you know, it's funny. I, I wish I could think of something now because, um, as I just mentioned, um, I'm renting um, a D3S, um, which I've, I have. I mean, I've held one in my hands. I have a friend who has one, but um, I haven't really, you know, don't don't have any shutter time. Wait, you it, rented so the speak. S or the X? S as in Sam. Oh, so it's the 12 megapixel one. So yes, yeah, tw- so it's, it's not basically- that different. No, it really isn't. I mean, the only thing it offers, the only thing, the main difference is that it's got a more sensitive sensor, yeah, and but, it goes up another two and a half stops or three stops. Yeah, but you know what? Is is yours really lacking in that department? Well, no, but let's say that's the exact situation that I'm in. It's like, well, okay, guess what, dude? You're shooting in a dark room where you're not allowed to use strobes. Right. What are you going to choose? Are you going to choose the one that sort of tops out at 6,400, or are you going to choose the one that tops out at 12,000? The D3 tops out at 6,400? Doesn't top out, but, you know, that's after 6,400, then you start getting a little, you know, then it starts to fall apart a little bit. Whereas, you know, on the D3S, 6,400 is fucking... You're you're good. You're good to go. It's no problem. It's funny. The five D two. I mean, is fine up to sixty four hundred, but yeah. I never use it above sixteen. Yeah, I, I'm the same way, dude. I think the most I'll ever feel comfortable at is thirty two, and and that's even even most of the time I, I feel weird about that. Yeah, it's um, odd. So it's anyway, like you was, it's like you get used to how your camera would react three years ago, not like it is now. <laughs> it's it's true. It's really and yeah, and that changes from lens to lens. Sometimes and you know what? Too. It smears detail too, though. I mean, yeah, and, it, and not it, just and not just the noise reduction, just like in general, like high no, like edges kind of, and yeah. highlights. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. It's totally true. But anyway, what I was going to say is, um, so I got the camera. You know, I'm sitting at my desk, um, and I'm like, okay. So what I need to do, firstly, first and foremost, I, I you know, I got this uh, this this camera for the express intention of of shooting this uh, event, um, which is going to be low lit. And I'm like, okay, well, I do happen to have another camera that is fully capable of of handling this. Might yeah. as well give the old school, you know journalistic two cameras you know two different lenses approach a try yeah um, which i which i've tried before but with, with the cameras were too disparate they were you know like i was trying one with like you know with a really with my d70 and a d3 and it's okay. like dude, dude you know that you know you, when, when are you ever going to choose the d70 you know it's, yeah. a, it's a crop sensor it has nowhere near the light sensitivity it's super slow small screen blah 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 but here here i have a d3 and a d3s they're, they're you know they're brothers they're really they're really close and similar so i'm like fuck it so I put, you know, the wide lens on one and the long lens on the other. And, uh, you know, for the first hour or so, I walked around with two cameras around my neck, which was a fucking pain. <laughs> but but I did, I was able to, you know, get some, it was nice to, quick, you know, to quickly be able to switch between the two. So knowing that I was going into that situation with, with, with that configuration, uh, the first thing that, I'm, uh, that came into my head is like, all right, what I need to do is make sure that the rental D3 uh, is set up exactly the same as my D3 control-wise because I've actually uh, 
sort of come into a <clears throat> an uncommon configuration uh, of the user interface controls wise um, okay. that that's not the it's a, it's it's different enough from the defaults where it pisses me off. The, so the number was one it thing, easy to change? It was. I went basically menu for menu, you know, item for item. There were the D3S had maybe three or four additional little things or maybe slightly reworded or slightly tweaked things, but it was all of the features were there. I was able to get it to do everything that I needed on um on the on the D3S. Um and and it worked out great. And uh uh it was really nice. Yeah. I just but it was one of those things where it's like, gee, I wonder why I mean they it, they could easily set put out a firmware update for the D three to give the you know the, the 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 same menu items the same features the same controls as the D3S because it's it's exactly the fucking same. I mean the the things that were different were not like stuff that were hardware specific. Sure. Um, I don't know. It was weird. And it was worth what you, it. Uh, what was worth it? Uh, the having two cameras. Uh, yes. Yeah. I I, I definitely appreciate it. I, at the end, what I wound up doing was uh, I just I was starting to get tired. Um, so I put my D3 down. Um. And just switched lenses with the D3S just because I, I wound up cranking it up. I'm like, wow, this is really working. I'm going to crank it up another stop. Yeah. And I just, I wound up, I literally at the end of the at night, I was shooting at, you know, 12,800 and, and this shit looked pretty good, man. Sure. And, and I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just going to hold on to this for now. And for, yeah, whatever. It was fine. Um, and what I wound up doing actually was I, I had the 8514. So I put the faster lens right. on the slower camera. Uh, and that, that that worked out just fine. It's you know it's funny. It, I mean, this kind of brings us around back to the beginning because it's like all this new gear, yeah, and you know these great point and shoots and these great medium format cameras. You and I are always going to stay at thirty five unless something crazy happens. Yeah, you know it's it just it has to do with um, it's, it's the sweet really, spot of image quality perfect, and it really is. It's yeah. like the perfect combination. It's the cameras are just small enough yeah. where they're portable, but big enough where they, you know, you're not jerking yeah. them around. They got the the really nice glass. I mean, it's not obviously it's not as nice as as medium format glass, but it's pretty goddamn good. Well, in some <laughs> in some ways, it's better glass. It just has to work harder, so therefore it doesn't look as good. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, look at look at the side, look at the prints up at the gallery. You know, the travel stuff. I mean, dude, like, that shit holds up really well. I was hand holding all that crap. You know, I know. Well, not all of it, dude. You had some. I, there was a tripod involved in some of those. Were there? Yeah, dude. Oh, at but, least three of them. Which ones? Uh, the girl with the pink hair. Did I use a tripod on that one? Yeah, dude, I was there. Oh, I saw yeah. it. And then uh, the first one that we did, you had a tripod. Oh, okay. I'm just Remember? saying that, like, it, but you know, but it's amazing. Lydia. Lydia, yeah, running. Lydia Cadane. She was all right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Why don't we call it a day? Okay. Uh, anything we need to announce? Anything we need to announce? Uh, not really. Okay. Nobody seems to pay attention anyway. <laughs> all right. Till next time. Bye.